I'm Stephen Maurice, and this is Perspectives. You may be wondering why we're appearing in your feed again so soon. Well, we're recording this on Wednesday, January 19th, and this morning our friend Jean-François Perrault, Scotiabank's chief economist, released a report that's a bit of a reality check on inflation and interest rates in the coming year. So we decided to get JF on the line for a special bonus episode of the podcast and have him explain what this means for Canadians and for the economy. Let's get started. JF, thanks for being here on short notice. Pleasure, Steve. So you put out this report this morning. What's the big headline? Big headline is interest rates are going up much more rapidly than we thought and probably by a greater extent than anybody appreciates at present. We're in the early phases of what we expect to be a pretty serious phase of monetary tightening in Canada. What are the specifics? What sort of interest rate increases are you forecasting over the coming year? So the first thing is we think interest rates are going to move up next week. So January 26th, first 25 basis point move in Canada, followed by another 150 basis points of tightening throughout the year. So by the end of the year in Canada, interest rates are going to be 2%. So the policy rate, the Bank of Canada rate, and they are currently 25 basis points. And why is that? Well, very simply, inflation is proving to be stubbornly high. And, and, you know, the more inflation information we get, the clearer it becomes that inflation is going to remain higher for a longer period of time than we in the Bank of Canada thought. And then you marry that with setting aside Omicron for a second, a Canadian economy that still appears to be in pretty good shape and, you know, firms complaining of capacity pressures, right? So we're, we're running up against some kind of limits to growth uh, beyond which the inflationary outlook gets uh, even trickier. So it's a combination of things, but all rooted essentially in inflation and inflationary pressures being more elevated than we thought. Just to, to take a step back, what is the connection between interest rates and inflation? What is it that interest rate increases do that help to fight inflation? So interest rates slow economic growth. Right. So when you raise the cost of credit, you make it a little bit harder for people to borrow, for firms to invest. And that has a bit of a dampening effect on economic activity. And because inflation is linked to economic activity, as you dampen economic activity, you dampen inflationary pressures. So it's a it's not a direct link between inflation and interest rates. You got to go through the economy first, but that requires changes in interest rates to affect the economic environment. Okay. So in spite of the increases that you're forecasting for this year, that will get us from 0.25% rate to 2% rate by the end of the Mm -hmm. year, which seems like a big increase over the course of a single year, Mm -hmm. you're still also forecasting inflation of 4.3% for 2022, which is, you know, substantially more than sort of the Bank of Canada's Mm -hmm. target rate for inflation. So why is that if you're still having significant increases in the interest rate and yet inflation is still going to continue to grow at a pace that's highly unusual over the course of at least a couple of decades, I guess? What are the other factors that are at play? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to consider is it takes a long time between when interest rates change and inflation is ultimately affected, right? So you're talking about an 18 to 24 month period of time. So that's the kind of the delay in the transmission of monetary policy. So interest rate moves now aren't going to affect inflation very much this year. That being said, you know, you have a number of drivers of inflation that are persistent. So we know that the strength of the global recovery is leading to very significant pressure on input prices. And that is not about to abate. We're expecting strong growth in the U.S., strong growth in the parts of the world this year. So that driver is still active. 
And then you layer in on top of that things like, uh, you know, the housing market in Canada, which obviously contributes to inflation. We think house prices are going to continue to go up because of the supply issue, not enough homes. You look at the situation in the labor market where there's been extremely strong job growth in Canada, but that job growth has not kept up with the demand of employers for workers. So we're looking at, you know, record levels of job vacancies, which we think are going to contribute to inflation pressures over the next 18 to 24 months as well. So elevated international considerations, so input prices married with some domestic factors, which are going to get, I think, stronger as the year progresses. And that gives you a more persistent profile for inflation into 2022 and extending into 2023. If, in fact, inflation is were right and inflation averages 4.3% in 2022, that is well outside the Bank of Canada's 1% to 3% percent inflation control range. So another reason to kind of amp up the interest rate pressure in the short run, given how far offside inflation is relative to what the bank wants it to be. And you've not only forecast a large number of interest rate increases over the coming years, but you think this is the right thing to do? For sure. Yes. I mean, you know, the threat of inflation is, is real. And, you know, it's only normal that as an economy strengthens that the cost of credit rise with that. It, you know, this is kind of an equilibrium response in some sense. So the fact that rates are rising to us is completely consistent with the strength of the economy and, and where inflation is. The risk is, in our mind, is if you don't raise interest rates significantly, then you don't control inflation as well. And that creates problems for households and eventually businesses, you know, later this year or, or into next year. So the benefits of, of higher interest rates in the current environment are pretty clear to us, even though it comes at a cost. That's how these things work. Right. There's so many different factors at play where you've got inflation, which everybody is feeling now every time you go to the grocery store, not to mention supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. And yet we have an economy that's growing at a pretty fast rate, employment that's high, unemployment that's relatively low, especially given the fact we're still in the pandemic. What's a regular person supposed to take from all of this? Are we in a good news situation? Are we in a bad news situation? So the challenge of inflation and the fact that interest rates are on their way up, the challenge of supply chain issues, the challenge of job vacancies, in a sense, is a good problem to have because it means that the Canadian economy, the global economy is recovering very strongly. And that's our forecast. I mean, as we look to 2022 and 2023, we do expect strong growth. And there's a number of reasons for that. But a consequence of that strong growth is you're creating inflationary pressures. A consequence of that is that you need higher interest rates to control that. A consequence of that is it's hard for firms to find workers. So it's easy to think of the inflation outlook and the interest rate outlook as signs of a bad situation. But it's much better to be dealing with that than the opposite, which would be, in some sense, you know, firms aren't spending, households aren't spending. It's creating additional layoffs. Inflation is too low. So we're, all, we're, the, we're the flip side of that. We've got too much of a good thing in some sense which is creating some challenge for households and businesses in terms of managing price pressures and, and how it impacts their monthly budgets and all those kinds of things. But this is not a situation that would be occurring if we weren't in the strong economic position that we were in despite COVID over the last 12 months or so. Right. And are wages keeping pace with inflation? And if so, or if they eventually do, does that compound the inflationary pressures that are taking place and push inflation further? So wages are not keeping pace with inflation now. So inflation is well above wage growth, which means that households are seeing a decline in real income. We anticipate that's going to change as 
wages increase. Uh, so you're going to have this situation where inflation pressures gradually diminish over the course of next year with wages gradually picking up over the course of next year. And hopefully we end up in a situation where real wages are not overly negatively affected by inflation. So that's a bit of the flip side of all this. But it's very clear that if wages don't rise, um, then there is an erosion of purchasing power on the part of households. And that's not a good thing. No question. And you'd think between inflation and increasing labor shortages, inevitably, that's got to drive wages higher. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So increasing interest rates over the course of the coming year, what do those look like? How should people be planning to adapt to a higher interest rate environment? Well, there's a number of things that folks can do, but clearly if you have debt, you're going to be paying more for it unless you fixed your mortgage or your, your, your debt instrument at a five-year rate. So if you've got exposure to prime, then that's going to cost you more. I mean, we could be wrong. Our forecast could be off track and there could be no rate increases next year or so. But assuming that we're right, this is a pretty easy thing to plan around, right? You can figure out if you're comfortable with the type of increase and straight increases that we're anticipating. And if you're not, then maybe you want to think about kind of switching your mortgage commitment or debt commitment around to maybe convert that into a, a fixed rate product. But same on the fixed rate side. I mean, as short-term interest rates go up, so will longer-term interest rates. Probably not as much because they've already moved up a fair amount. Every household will have to figure this out on their own, but it's pretty safe to say that we should all be planning for a more expensive cost of credit and you know figuring out how we as households and companies best manage that. I've been speaking with Jean-Francois Perrault. He's the chief economist at Scotiabank and kindly joined us today for this quick discussion around his economic forecast for the coming year. Thanks so much for being here, Jean-Francois. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much, Steve. You've been listening to Perspectives. Please follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next time.